The Pharisees got upset with Jesus because he messed with their religion. He messed it up. They said to him, listen, you don't understand something. We're descendants of Abraham. You know what Jesus said to him? He wasn't politically correct. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He said, I was before Abraham. What? You, you couldn't be. Oh, yeah, I am. You know, uh, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to God but through me. I am, you say, but Lord, I'm weak. Jesus said, I'm your strength. I'm helpless, but he said, I am your help. He, he said, you say, I'm tempted. He said, but I'm your deliverer. Praise God. Jesus is the great I am. Hallelujah. I wish that was my message today, but anyway. Well, this is not a Mother's Day message. Am I apologizing for it? No, I'm just telling you it's not a Mother's Day message. You know, uh, I... I was praying, and the Lord said, this is what I want you to preach. I said, well, this ain't a Mother's Day message. He said, would you listen to me? I said, I'm listening. Okay, all right. I'm not like my friend Homer Lindsay Jr., who was preaching one Sunday at First Jacksonville, huge church. About halfway through his message, he said, wait a minute. This ain't a Sunday morning message. This is a Sunday night. Started preaching another sermon. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Let me pray. Father Samuel was told by the priest. He heard God's, uh, heard the voice. He said, Samuel, next time you hear that voice, you say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. This morning we pray, speak, Lord. Speak, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. There are two verses that are absolutely powerful. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. I want you to look at these and listen to what it says. All through the 30th chapter of Deuteronomy, stay with me now. Moses had been saying to the people, now, if you'll just worship God, keep your eyes on the living God, follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you will not go after other gods. If you will, with your heart, be devoted to Yahweh, God will give you life, and he will give you tremendous blessings. He said, but if you don't, Instead of life and blessing, it's going to be death and cursing. So look at these verses. I call heaven and earth to witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. See, Israel had just a tendency to rebel, to go their own way, to chase after other gods. So Moses said, now wait a minute, listen. We're talking about life and blessings. We're talking about death and cursing. And I'm telling you, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your descendants might live. And then he went on in the next verse. Now this is choosing life. That you may love the Lord your God. That you may obey his voice. That you may, I like this. That you may cling to him. Man, that you may cling to him. For he is your life. Hey, this is the Old Testament now. He said, listen, cling to him. He is your life and the length of your days that you may know that you may know in the land that you may live in the land which your fathers have given to him. That thing's a little vague or my eyes are going bad. But anyway, let me just say something. It's a very sobering thing 
when Moses said, okay, you got a choice, a clear choice, life and blessing, death and cursing. You say, well, Brother Fred, that, that was the Old Testament, yeah. But did you know that uh, Jesus said the same thing? Oh, yeah, he said the same thing. In John chapter 10, verse 10, I want you to listen to what Jesus said. He kind of changed the direction. No, he was talking, and, and, and then he, he, he talked about that he was a good shepherd and that he came through the door and his sheep would hear his voice and follow him. And then he kind of drew the line between life and blessing and death and cursing. Look what he said in John 10, 10. He said, I, the thief comes. Now, in case you don't know who the thief is, he's the devil. Satan and his demons. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Wow, that's bad. Man, that's death, and that's cursing. The thief comes to steal your life, to kill your life, and to destroy. You know why the thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy? Because he hates God. Because God cast him out of heaven and sentenced him to an eternity in hell. And you know why the thief loves to steal and kill and destroy any of God's great creation Male and female, he created them. We're created in the image of God. Lost or saved, we were still created in the image of God. And the devil hates God. And so what way he gets at God, because he knows he lost. And he knows he's going, he's going to hell. So what he does, he goes after God's creation. And here's an unsaved person. And he steals. And he kills. And he destroys. He gives them death and cursing. And even when you become a believer... His, his plan for you is even though you know Jesus and you're following him, he wants to sneak in the side door and rob you of what is yours in Christ. And he wants to steal from you and take from you. And, you know, he would, even as a believer, he would love to destroy you. Now, he can't because you're God's child. And nothing can separate you from God's hand. But that, that's not all the verse. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy Death and cursing. But listen to what Jesus said. But I have come that you might have life. Wow. What a difference. Jesus said, I didn't come to steal, kill, and destroy. I came to restore. I came to restore, to redeem. He said, I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. There's death and cursing. There's life and blessing. So, so we've got a clear choice. It's not black and white. I mean, it is black and white. It's not gray. It's either life and blessing or it is death and cursing. And so I, I want us to notice, first of all, that we have a clear choice. We have a clear choice. I've said before you, life and death, blessing and and cursing. Choose life. You know, it's God's will. This is so good. It's God's will that you choose life. God looks over this congregation. He knows every one of you by name. The hairs on your head are numbered. He knows your every thought. He knows your past. He knows your present. He even knows your future because he's God. But he looks down on this congregation, and this is his word to you. I want you to choose life, and I want you to choose blessing because I love you. Because I love you, and I don't want you to choose death and cursing. Man, I want you to choose life and blessing. That is the clear choice of God, that we would choose life, you know, Listen to the word of God. In 2 Peter 3, 9, God is making it clear that he wants us to choose life. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, 
but he is long-suffering toward us. Now look at the last part of this verse. Not willing that any should perish. Would you underline that? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God says, I want every one of you to choose life, and I want you to choose blessing. He said it again in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. He made it absolutely clear that it says here, for it, uh, it, uh, for it is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And then he goes on and says, now listen to this. God wants you to choose life. Who desires all men and women to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. How much clearer can it be? He said, man, I want you to choose life. I want you to be saved. I want you to come to the knowledge of the truth. Then there's another verse that shows us how clear God's choice is. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, it says, My little children, these things I write unto you that you do not sin. But if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now listen to this. He wants you to choose life. He says, And he, Jesus, is the mercy seat, the propitiation, the sin bearer, and he is the propitiation for your sins and not for yours but for the sins of the whole world don't ever understand don't ever misunderstand the love of God for you I'm telling you God loves you and he wants you more than you could ever imagine to say no to death and cursing and to say yes to life and blessing. It is God's will that you choose life and blessing. In fact, you know what God did? <laughs> he sent his son into the world so we could choose life. If Jesus had not come, we'd be back in the old covenant living under the law. And we couldn't, they couldn't keep the law. So what God says, not only do I want you to choose life, but let me tell you what I did. I want you to listen to this. John three sixteen and 17. You see, God sent Jesus so you could choose life. For God so loved the world. Would you put your name there? For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that if you would believe in him, you would not perish death and cursing, but you would have everlasting life. <laughs> you know, we've heard that verse so many times. But I say, God, you know, we're all so unlovely at times. Lord, you know, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us at times have just gone our own way. We've turned our backs on you. Lord, we really don't deserve to be saved. He said, I never said you did. He said, but while you were still a sinner, he said, I so loved you that I sent the most precious thing I had my only begotten son, that if you would believe in him, you would not perish but have everlasting life. I made it possible for you to choose life and blessing. And the next verse, verse 17, I love this. Let me tell you about God. He's not out to get you. He's out to help you. He's not out to push you down. He's out to lift you up. He says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. I would like to have been there when Moses looked out of those Israelites. They were out of Egypt. He said, let me tell you something. I call heaven and earth to witness to you today that God has set before you life and death and blessing and cursing. Now I'm telling you, choose life, that you and your descendants may live in the land which God has given you. So it's God's clear choice that we choose life. And God sent his son into the world. You know, I, I have to read a, a couple of verses here because it's so clear. And, and I, I pray this will just resonate in your heart so you will know how much God loves you and how much he wants you to choose life. 
I'm going to read Romans 5, 6 through 10. Listen at it. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Thank you, Jesus. I was weak. Couldn't save myself. I was without strength. But you died for the ungodly. Verse 8 of Romans 5. God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't say, I'm going to wait till you clean up your life. I'm going to wait till you straighten your life out. I'm going to wait till you get everything worked out. You know, this is what you say. Well, God, when I get up, my life all straightened out. There's some things I got to get together. There's some things I got to work out, some issues I've got to resolve. And then, and then, Lord, uh, you know, I think you can save me and I'll, I'll choose life. God says, you'll never get it straightened out. You'll never get it worked out. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to demonstrate my love toward you that while you're still a sinner in a big, fat mess, I'm going to die for you. He said, I want you to choose life. It says here, much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. If when we were enemies, God reconciled us to, through the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So I have established the biblical fact that God wants you to choose life and blessing He's done everything that, you, that needs to be done in Jesus Christ for you to experience a life on this earth of life and blessing. And it is his will. He does not want anyone to perish. He wants all people to repent and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? But huh, Satan wants you to choose death. Oh, yeah. You got a target on your back. And the enemy's got the bow drawn. And he wants you to choose death. You know, the Bible says he's a thief. He's a thief. He, he, you know, Jesus said in the first part of John 10, he said he didn't come in through the door. He climbed up over the fence. Climbed up over the fence in John 10, 1. And then he said, well, let me tell you about him. He's a thief. He came to steal, to steal the, your, your life. To steal God's will from you. To steal what God created you to be. And let me tell you one thing. When God created you, he has a distinct purpose for your life. And I want to tell you, God's thoughts toward you when he created you are good and not evil. He created you to give you a hope and a future. When God created you, he didn't look down and say, well, I blew that one. That is a bunch of junk. No, God did not do that. Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world, and I think it goes, and they are precious. That's another one, but they are precious in his sight. I remember that. So I want you to understand that, that God had a, has a purpose and a plan, but the devil wants to steal it from you. I promise you, he wants to steal it from you. He'll try to steal it from you any way he can. He will cause people to abuse you when you're young. He'll cause for you to have heartache and sorrow along the way. He'll, he'll get you addi addicted to drugs. or He'll get you addicted to alcohol or pornography. He'll do anything he can uh, uh, to lying and, and be full of greed and covetousness and bitterness. He'll do anything he can to get in there and to steal you from you the life God has for you. I am telling you, he is a thief. And the Bible says he came to steal, to kill. Wow. He's a murderer. You know what it says in John 8, 44? I want you to look at this verse. I'm telling you, he wants you to choose death. The devil wants you to choose death. It says here, you, he was talking to the Pharisees, and Jesus was not politically correct. He said, you are of your father, the devil. No wonder they nailed him to the cross. You are of your father, the devil, and, and, and the desires of your father you will do. He was a murderer. Now listen to this. He's talking about the devil. He was a, Jesus, Jesus. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because he is a liar 
there, because there's no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He is the father of lies, and there's no truth in him. So, he's not only a thief, but Jesus said he's a murderer. Did you know the highest rate of death between those 15 and 21, 22? You know what it is? Other than car accidents, suicide. Here they are, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Satan lies to them. You don't have any hope. You don't have any hope. You mean nothing to this world. You're just a burden. You're just a misfit. So you have no reason to keep living. They take their own life. You know, you would think the president had committed suicide when Prince died. All I knew about him, that he was a skinny singer. That's all I knew. And he had a great song named Purple Rain. I have never heard it in my life. But you know, he got to the place that he couldn't live. Now, he's only worth about a billion dollars. So he, did, he wasn't, wasn't a lack of money. You know what I mean? So he just overdosed on Percocet. You see, the devil is a thief. He steals. He doesn't want you to choose life. He kills. Oh, yeah. He's told some of you before, you really have no reason to live. You really have no purpose. You're not ever going to amount to anything. Just quit being a burden. Just check out. Just check out. Don't you ever listen to that. That is a lie. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He's the father of lies. So, you see, he wants us to choose death. He's a thief. He steals, kills, and comes and to destroy, to destroy everything that is good in your life. He wants you to choose death. But you know he's a deceiver. Now, you've got to understand that the way he, he's a thief, he steals, kills, and destroys. But also, listen to me, he's a deceiver. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, you know what it says? As the serpent deceived Eve. Now, that was a big, big wrong step. He went to Eve and said, um, can you eat of all the trees of the garden? She said, yeah, we can, but there's one that we can't eat of, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, if we ate of that, we would die. He said, you won't die. Oh, he just told a lie. Wonder why? He's the father of lies. He doesn't know the truth. He said, you won't die. In fact, if you eat of that tree, you'll be just like God. Well, they're already in God's image. So he lied to her. And so you know what he did? Eve chose death. She chose death, y'all. Then she passed, I don't know, Adam's just as responsible. He was probably watching her and said, give me a bite. I'm just telling you, she chose death. And I don't have to tell you. And it was cursing. Death and cursing. See, Satan's a deceiver. He's, and I tell you, he'll deceive you. Oh, yeah, he will. He'll make everything look so good. He, 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 he's, he's slick in the way he operates. But he's a deceiver. In, in 1 Timothy 4.1, you know, it says in the last days, there will be false prophets, evil spirits, and doctrines of demons. Wow. Did you know that a lot of the deception that's in the world today comes out of the, uh, a pulpit like this? out of a religious circle where Satan has gotten inside there and people no longer believe the Bible is the infallible, inerrant word of God. I won't tell you anything about this book. There ain't one thing in it that's not true. And it's the only book to live by and the only book to die by. And if you ever believe anything else, you are deceived. But you say, I don't understand it all. Try reading it. 
He's a deceiver. And he deceived Eve. And the Bible said in the last day, there will be seducing spirits, spirits and doctrines of demons. By the way, Prince, I don't know why I got off on this, but he did get into some religion. Guess what it was? Jehovah's Witnesses. That won't work. They say that Jesus is not God. And you have to live under the law. You have to live under the law. In fact, you can't even vote. Salute the flag. Give me a break. I wish you'd have found Jesus instead of religion. You see, Satan wants you to choose death. He's a thief. He's a, a murderer. He's a destroyer. And he is a deceiver. He is a deceiver. In Revelation 12, 9, I hope that'll get up. Here it is. But the great dagger, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Would you sometimes, when you're watching, and I hope you don't watch it too much, sometimes when you're watching television, and you happen to get on, would you just notice how much deception's on there? <laughs> how much deception? There's this guy. I have no idea who he is. But he gets a beautiful woman on one side and a beautiful woman in the middle. And he's sitting there. And he says, now, boy, he's real macho. And he, the, at, at epitome of success, he says, if you don't be successful, be somebody in this world. And I think it's tequila. He's, I don't remember the brand. Maybe it's Silver Bond. I don't know what it is. But he says, you just drink this and you'll be surrounded by beautiful people and you'll be success. Come on, help me somebody. He's a deceiver. Don't you ever forget that. He's a deceiver. That great dragon Satan was cast out, who deceives the whole world. And he wants you to choose death. I'm telling you, he wants you to. I mean, we've got an enemy, y'all. Ever since I've been born, he's been trying to destroy me and every, trying to steal from me. I'm telling you, it's been a constant battle. And the same thing with us, but somehow in God's mercy and grace, we had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And he changed our life. And we heard the truth. And we believed the truth. And now when he tells us a lie, we tell him, you lying dog. <laughs> you were scared. <laughs> oh, me. You get away from me. I don't believe your lies. I'm tired of some of y'all believing his lies because he's messing you up. And you need to say, I'm not going to listen to you, you liar. He's a deceiver. Revelation 20.10. I want you to listen to this. It says, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. Thank God. He's not there yet, but he's on the way. He wants to take anybody with him. He can't. So let me just say this. God wants you to choose life. And he sent Jesus so you could choose life. And he's made everything, done everything necessary for you to have abundant life. But the devil, he wants you to, Jesus wants you to choose life and blessing. Satan wants you to choose death and cursing. All right. But now here, I want to talk to you about the blessing of life. I want to talk to you about the blessing of life. Life is found in the person of Jesus Christ. It's not found in religion, y'all. Now, you say, Brother Fred, you're against religion. I tell you what I'm not against. I'm not against biblical Christianity. I'm not against the church in the book of Acts. I'm not. I, listen, I believe in the church. It is the body of Christ. 
It is the bride of Christ. He purchased it with his own blood. And one day he's coming back for his church. I love the church. But you see, I hate religion because it was religion that killed Jesus. And when Jesus said it was finished, he was saying that not only all of our sins were paid for, but he'd finished religion, which is based on the law, based on good works. Based, it's, it's, it's full of deception, you know. And I, and I don't know what religion around here is wrong or right. I'm not, I'm not going to judge them. I, I could tell you some of my opinions, but I ain't going to do it. But the thing about it is, I'm just telling you, Jesus loves the church. He died for it. And, 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 and he came, one of the blessings of life, the, one of the blessings of choosing life is that life is found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where it's found. In 1 John 5, 10 and 11, it's very clear. He who believes in the Son of God has life. What part of that do I not understand? He who believes in the Son of God has life. He who does not believe in God has made him a liar because he has not believed that the truth that God sent, the testimony that God sent his Son into the world. And he goes on in the next verse and says, and this is a testimony, God has given us eternal life and this life is in religion no and this life is in good works no and this life is in doing the ordinances no and this life is in his son so I'm telling you life is found in the person of Jesus Christ and you know there's life in Jesus because he took our sins on himself. You know, that First Peter 2.24, it just has such a great sound. Look, look what it says. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Now, let, let, let me stop there a moment. It says, Fred, I want you to know that Jesus himself bore your sins in his body on the tree that having died to sin we might live to righteousness and by whose stripes we are healed you know life is found in a person Jesus life is found in Jesus because he died for our sins and took every one of him on himself now the blessing of life is this it's the presence of Jesus in your life that's where the life comes from. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but say it with me. Christ lives in me. Now, he's at the right hand of the Father, seated there in power and authority with everything under his feet. But he has come. He said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send another comforter. I'm going to send my spirit. And so he has come to live in us in the person of Jesus Christ. And, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. And Christ lives in me. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Life is in Christ. That's where it is. It is in Christ. In Christ, we're forgiven. He loved us, Re Re Revelation 1.5. He loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. In Christ, there's forgiveness. In Christ, there's righteousness. The Father made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So there's life, and it's in a person. It's Christ, and Christ is our life. And he comes to live in us, and he has washed us from our sins with his own blood, and he has given us the, his righteousness so that we're in the righteousness of Christ. However, this is where I want to go. I want you to listen. Let me tell you the blessing of choosing life. Have you ever read Galatians 5.22? It is a magnificent verse. It says that when Christ comes to live in you, your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. God comes to live in you, in Jesus. And he says, now walk in the Spirit, and you won't give in to the desires of the flesh. He said, by the way, can I tell you about the fruit of the Spirit? 
Can I tell you what life really is? You want to know what life really is? Well, look, look on the screen, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit, now get this. Does this sound like a blessing? Does this sound like a good life? Does this sound like a meaningful life? Does this sound like an eternal life? Does this sound life where you're not being stolen from and killed and destroyed and lied to and deceived? Now, now does this sound like blessing? He said, I've set before you life and uh, blessing and death and cursing. Now, does this sound like a life with blessing? The fruit of the spirits, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. Did you know that in Christ, if you will choose life, and, 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 and I love what Mo said, if you'll just cling to Jesus and abide in Jesus and do what we sang earlier, all to Jesus I surrender. If you just let him be in control of your life, guess what's going to be in your life? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, long-suffering. You mean patience? Yeah. Long-suffering and self-control. That's the life of Jesus. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I'd wretch mother choose life and blessing and allow Jesus to be in control of your life and mine. And in us, there'll just be love and joy and peace. Wow. Man, I got peace. I got inner strength. You know, everything around me falling apart. I mean, it is falling apart. I thought it couldn't get worse, and it got worse real quick. But you know what? I got such joy. I've got inner strength. I'm not falling apart. I'm not falling apart. I'm talking about you. See, the fruit of the Spirit's love, the love of God for us and his love through us for people and joy, that inner strength that helps us through the storm and peace, peace, no matter what the circumstances. It may be waves on the top of the water, but underneath it's just as calm as it can be and it's called peace, love, joy, peace. And you find yourself being gentle and good and kind and faithful and patient. And you even have self-control. Now that is blessing. It is the fruit of the Spirit. It is the life of Jesus in us. And so he said, I want you to choose life. I've done everything that needs to be done in Jesus for you to have that life. And that life is found in my son, Jesus Christ. And when you abide in him and let him have control of your life, you know what you're going to find? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, long-suffering, self-control. By the way, living a life with the fruit of the Spirit in your life is the normal Christian life. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever met anybody that was normal. (laughs) No, that's the normal Christian life. The normal Christian life is not to live in the flesh. The normal Christian life is to let the Holy Spirit control you and love, joy, peace, gentleness. I got to thinking about this one time. I have a, a message that I preach called The Couple I Never Counseled. And it was a man and woman who were both living under the Lordship of Christ and were full of the Holy Spirit. I, I've never counseled anybody like that. Really. Well, I was thinking about what it would be if, if each one of us husbands were filled with the Spirit, and boy, we just were full of love, joy, and peace, and gentleness, and goodness, and kindness, and it'd be about five o'clock, and the wife would look at the watch and say, well, he's on the way home now. Pretty soon, love, joy, and peace is going to be ringing the doorbell, and goodness, and kindness, and faithfulness. I just can't wait you get home and then when the husband's thinking about going home and he says boy gentleness and self-control is waiting for me on the other side is that the way it is in your marriage (laughs) when she knows you're coming home is it love joy and peace is on the way home and do you think well boy gentleness and self-control is on the other side of the door y'all being awful quiet about that (laughs) 
I tell you, sometimes my wife don't look for love, joy, and peace to come through the front door. I mean, I know, guess you other men, y'all don't have a problem. I guess I'm the only one that has a problem. Listen, it's a clear choice. Life and blessing are death and cursing. And I'm going to take about three or four minutes and tell you about death and cursing. Let me tell you what it is. I told you about what life is. It's life and peace. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And you end up in heaven. That's where you end up. The life, if you choose life and blessing, one of the great blessings is you have eternal life. One day you arrive in heaven and you're in the presence of God and you're in your eternal home. It's called heaven. By the way, that's part of the blessing. It's called heaven. All of this with Jesus and heaven too. You see, if you choose life and blessing, you're headed for heaven. Because life and blessing is in Jesus. But what if you choose death? All right, I've got to do this quick. All right, if you choose death, there is the curse of darkness. It's the curse of darkness. If you say, well, I know, Brother Fred, I should choose life and blessing, but I'm going to choose death and cursing. Well, it's, a, it's darkness. It's the curse of darkness. In Colossians 1.13, it says here that Jesus Christ delivered us from the power of darkness. And another translation of that, of that is the kingdom. For Christ has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. If you choose death and cursing, you are going to live in a kingdom of darkness. And Ephesians 6.10, it says, it talks about the rulers of the darkness of this world. There's one thing about choosing death and cursing. You live in a kingdom of darkness. And Satan is the prince of darkness. But not only do you live in a kingdom of darkness, you're controlled. The curse is you're controlled by your flesh. When you live in, choose life and blessing, the Holy Spirit can control you and bear his fruit. But when you choose death, then you're, you're in a kingdom of darkness and you're controlled by your flesh. You're controlled by your flesh. Romans 8.13 says, and it's a very important verse, Romans 8.13. It talks about uh, the, how that the flesh produces death. All right, look, look at that verse on the screen. If I live according to the flesh, but if, if I live according to the flesh, you, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. We'll just stop right there. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. So, death and cursing is that you're in the kingdom of darkness and you're controlled by the flesh. And then it goes on and say in Romans 8, 6, that those people, for to be carnally minded, fleshly minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. All right, here's, all right so, if you, take, if you choose death and cursing, you're in the kingdom of darkness. You're controlled by the flesh, and you're a slave of sin. I want you to look at what it says in John eight thirty. In John chapter eight, for he spoke these words, many who believed in him. So that must not be the one that I was. Uh, John, I said John eight thirty. I want to look that verse up because it says there. Jesus is talking, and he said, he who commits sin is the slave of sin. I've got to read it. I, I, I know it's in the 8th chapter of John. Okay. It's 34. It's 34. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, now you better believe this if you've chosen to go your own way. Most assuredly I say to you, whosoever commits sin is a slave of sin. You see, it's a kingdom of darkness. 
It's a kingdom of darkness. It is a kingdom where you're controlled not by the spirit, by the flesh. And he who lives in the flesh will die. And in that kingdom of death, he whoever commits sin is the slave. It becomes your master. It becomes your master. But I want to close by saying this. Just as when you're in the kingdom of, when you choose life and blessing, Jesus is your life. It's a kingdom of light. It is a kingdom where Jesus is the king. And Jesus is your life. It's his presence that makes it life and blessing. And then there is the fruit of the spirit, which is life, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, God. So that, that's life and blessing. So choose life. But then you choose death and cursing, and you've got a choice. It's a kingdom of darkness, a kingdom where you're controlled by the flesh, and it only produces death. And it's a kingdom where uh, you become the slave of sin. But, you ready for this? Just as there's the fruit of the Spirit, they're the works of the flesh. And in the kingdom of death and cursing, you don't have the fruit of the Spirit. You have the works of the flesh. And it is not a pretty picture. I'll, I'll, this, is, this describes basically America today. I don't believe it describes many of you because you know Jesus and I trust are following him. But the Bible's very clear that if you walk in the flesh and you live in the flesh, if you choose death and cursing, in Galatians, uh, it'll be on the screen, but I want to read it. Galatians 5, uh, Galatians, Ephesians. All right, it's right before Ephesians. Uh, you know how you remember Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians? General Electric Power Company, okay? <laughs> I just did that while I'm finding the scripture. All right. Now, hold on. If you choose death and cursing, by the way, what have you been choosing? Have you been choosing life and blessing? Or somehow has the liar, the murderer, the deceiver, the thief deceived you and you're choosing death and cursing, then what, what's the result? I don't even like to read this, but it just talks about the works of the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are, this is Galatians 5.19. First of all, there's sexual sin. Isn't that interesting? I mean, America uses sex to sell everything from toothpaste to Drano. I've never seen anything like it. Now we're confused. Somebody thinks they're a woman when they were born a man. It's, it's nuts. And, 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 and gift which is a, sex, which is a gift from God and honored by God and is blessed by God, has become something that is to make money off of and, and has denigrated the value of the love between a man and a woman and the commitment. It says, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication. That's every kind of sexual sin, every kind. The works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. That's the atmosphere of America. So that's sexual sin. But wait a minute, it, gets, it goes on to tell what else the works of the flesh are. Idolatry. Oh, but Brother Fred, I have no, no statues in my home that I go in and light a candle and burn incense to. I don't have any idols. Hello? The thing that you love more than you love God that is your idol. That's your idol. It could be sports. It could be a football team. It could be success. It could be a career. It could be anything. Something, the most important thing in my life is, if it's anything other than Jesus, you've got an idol. It says, and the works of the flesh are idolatry, 
Now, you know, we, I used to think about sorcery. I used to think about a guy who had a pointed cap on his head and had some kind of stick in his hand. You remember that, a sorcerer? Oh, no, that's the Greek word for pharmakia. Pharmakia. The Greek word pharmakia is interpreted, interpreted. It is interpreted sorcery. You know what sorcery is? It's using drugs from cocaine to marijuana to Loratabs to Oxycontin. I say, what are some of the, I don't know, the, uh, that's all kind of drugs, all kind of them. Did you know that drug pushers and drug users that abuse them now, abuse them, they're sorcerers. You said, I didn't know I knew any sorcerers. Well, that's what they are. You said, that's not nice. I didn't write the book. I'm just reading what it says. And that is what it means. I want to say, the Greek word is pharmakia, from which we get the word pharmacy. Thank God for some medicines that help us. Amen? But God help us when they control us instead of us controlling them. It says the works of the flesh are idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, and heresies. I call that spiritual sins. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, jealousies, outbursts of anger. And then there are social sins, envy, murders, drunkenness, parties. Drunkenness and parties, how do you spell that? M-A-R-D-I-G-R-A. Oh, Mardi Gras. That's where they got it from. They ought to call it, we, we're going to celebrate drunkenness and partying. People don't like me for saying that. But I don't care. <laughs> it's just straight out, of, straight out of hell. You say, but I love a parade. I do too. But I don't want everybody on the parade to be so drunk, I'm afraid they're going to fall off and get killed. On those floats, Lord, I'm, it's unbelievable. God, I need to get off of that. <laughs> Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I told you before. And I tell you again that those who do such things will not go to heaven. There it is. 